0: And Good morning, we are live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. This is the Falcons podcast after what is not a victory Monday against the Minnesota Vikings and frankly what should have been a victory over the depleted Minnesota Vikings coming in. This is the Falcons podcast. We go live every Monday at 9 o'clock and I got a feeling we're going to let some uh, some people air some grievances. This will be the airing of the grievances episode today. And uh, we're here for it. We're here for it, Nick. How are you doing, my friend?
1: I'm doing pretty well. It's a pretty good week of football overall. I mean, I'm still kind of jonesing over the uh, Saturday night slate of games. Uh, Alabama LSU was a lot of fun, as well as uh, Washington USC and some pretty good football games uh, yesterday as well. So overall, feeling pretty good. Uh, solid for a Monday, although it's just so dark here with the uh, the fall back and all that stuff. But uh, doing well. How was your weekend, Scott? Other than the falcons falconing
0: yeah it was was a good weekend um the uh the boy was uh two for four with a pair of triples he's been tearing the cover off the ball lately and that's a good thing and that's what makes me happy and then today we'll see how uh my fandom team does chelsea takes on their hated rivals spurs at three o'clock eastern that's that affects my mood a lot more than nfl football nfl football is a job we try and be uh as as uh I won't say unbiased because we're biased, Professional. uh, as analytical, as objective as possible at least. Mm-hmm. And I want to say hello to some folks. One of the reasons we come in live is because we love having the interaction with the fans. And we do this on my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Scott Kennedy and our Facebook channel, uh, which is Atlanta Falcons fans on all Falcons. Uh, Victor has come in. He says, good morning. I think Smith time is over in Atlanta. And that's, that's how I titled the show is, is Arthur Smith's time up with the Atlanta Falcons. Because, Nick, the Falcons fans are done. They're done with them. I mean, you have to think that most of them aren't willing to look at the obstacles that the Falcons faced over the two years. A lot of them are. Most of the fans in here understand it. And that 7-10 and 10 was actually overachieving. That said, at the beginning of this year, we came in and we said, Nick, Arthur Smith has to prove that more that he can do more than just get... uh a decent effort from a band of thrown together NFL veteran minimum types who are just trying to hang on for a job and eke out a couple ugly wins here and there. And this is the team that he needs to do it with because there's a ton of money in it. The offensive infrastructure has been put in place, a bunch of money in the NFL. And frankly, they've gone backwards, Nick, they've they've gone backwards.
1: Yeah. They look worse right now. Uh, Everything is very tedious and difficult uh feels like everything is a grind when you've been building together this specifically in the offensive side of the ball i mean top 10 pick after top 10 pick uh big contracts retaining guys as well and it doesn't look very good it just kind of feels like there's no plan on it right now and it's not good enough i mean you put especially on the the rushing side of things i mean you spend all these resources to build a rushing attack and You're not getting it done right now. Now, Bijan Robinson's got to hold on to the goddamn football. (laughs) Uh, But um, that's uh, yeah, it's not good enough right now. And this is probably the first time I've ever entertained that this could be the last year of Arthur Smith uh, in Atlanta before it's, you know, like uh, like you mentioned, Scott, the offense or the team just didn't have the playmakers. And we saw some I thought I saw some good things. But this year sitting there at what are you at now? Four and five, four and Uh, five four and five with the schedule that you've had and the money that you spent on it on this team uh, not good enough so i'm not saying FireSmith now by any means but uh this is the first one where it's like yeah we we could be trending that direction
0: it's four and five and they've had five games against and they they went three and two in these games against the panthers packers houston texans commanders and vikings how many combined starts did those quarterbacks have when the Atlanta Falcons faced them? Just give me a guess. Three. Carolina Panthers, Bryce Young, Green Bay Packers, Three. Jordan Love, uh, Houston Texans, CJ Stroud, Commander Sam Howell, Vikings, Jaron Hall. It's got to be like 10 or something. It was nine. Nine, okay. Nine combined starts, and then uh, Josh Dobbs comes in because Jaron Hall's out, and if you've seen anything about the discussion about Josh Dobbs, he had done literally nothing. With the, with the team in practice, literally, because they were crash course Jaron Hall so much with Josh Dobbs. They're like, okay, we went over the cadences with him when he got on the field for the first time against the Atlanta Falcons because he didn't know them. We we didn't have time to do any of that stuff. And, he, and it's not like they were bringing in, you know, they made a big trade for a veteran quarterback with a lot of starts. Uh, Josh Dobbs had 10 starts to his career, eight of them this year. In his fourth season, he's been a journeyman guy and was in a, a, a bridge starter for Arizona, who were, they were happy to let him go for a six-round pick. And these are the guys you've lost two of those games to. It's it's inexcusable. It, it really is. This schedule for the Atlanta Falcons will never, ever get easier in our lifetime. And they're losing. And they're four and five. Victor comes in, he says, also with the with the super chat, I want to say thank you before I get too, uh, too fired up here, because once I get going, Nick, and this coffee kicks in, it, it, we, we could have scorched earth by the end here. Um, he says, also, thank you for all the weekly shows. Victor, thank you for being a supporter here. Um, John Harrell comes in, he says, tank, so Smith gets fired. Well, they're tanking now, John. <laughs> um... They're, they're tanking now, you know, I mean, they've lost, what's that now? Three out of four to the commanders, to the Titans, to the Vikings, the commanders with Sam Howell, the Vikings with Will Levis and the Vikings with Jaron Hall slash Josh, uh, Joshua Dobbs. That's three out of your last four losses and your win, your win came against Baker Mayfield in Tampa and three out of four. I mean, with, with any kind of competent offense offensive play at all quarterback play, however you want to put it. This team is minimum Nick minimum seven and two,
1: seven and two, six and three. I agree. It's been this waffling here and there uh, just more specifically on this game. You guys had to be absolutely. And a lot of it has to do with penalties on um, the penalty. Dis, uh, I guess we can call it disperse um, between these two teams. You had eight called against you only one for the Vikings in this game and it felt like every single third down was like third and 15, didn't it? I mean, for a team that's built for easy layups and setting things up, uh, how many difficult situations were you in third down in this game? I mean, where's the run game where is making the easy button that we talked about with this offense. That's the reason you go out and get the offensive line, the running backs that you have. I mean, third and 15, third and 16 constantly. And some of the data just on this game as well, you uh, your early down uh, EPA, negative 0.31 out of 49 attempts. Horrible, horrible, horrible. Uh, typically, you're in the positives there just as a baseline on the offensive side. So just really a, a bad job setting yourself up in this one. And I don't know what happened on first and second down. It just was not good.
0: The, you know, they were, again, there was absolutely zero respect for the passing game at all. And frankly, that's on both sides of the ball. The... Arthur Smith has zero respect for his own passing game, and he hasn't had it for three years. Uh, you know, the, the running joke we use, and as John comes and he says, play calling inside the 10-yard line has been atrocious all year. Two weeks in a row, we got beaten by backup quarterbacks. Tackling was pathetic. <laughs> yeah, that's another thing. Josh Josh Dobbs looks like, okay, the reason why he didn't have time to practice because he was busy out there getting coated in Vaseline. I'm like, it was ridiculous. Um But talking about, you know, we've made a joke before how every game, Arthur Smith tries to be balanced and then eventually hits the F it button and runs the ball. Well, the the running game did not work at all in the first half. Um, And then the second half, in the game, in the drive in the fourth quarter that they took to take the lead, that they went to take the lead, the personnel package did not include Bijan Robinson or Kyle Pitts or Drake London. Obviously, Drake London was hurt, I know but there's your three top 10 picks. Yeah. If, if uh, Kyle Pitts is out, you know, it, it's a tell. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's an absolute run. If he's in, it's probably a pass, but not it's, you know, 90% going to be a pass, but you, you're going out there with Michael Pruitt, John U. Smith, Tyler Algier, that um, I say, John U. Smith and Kadero Hash? That was your personnel grouping in the fourth quarter. This is your third year in this program. You've spent three first round picks in the top 10 on offensive skill players. And that's who you're going out there with. Now, to be fair, it worked. It worked. They went and scored. Okay, great. Then why are you using those picks on those guys when you can use them somewhere else?
1: It just seems discombobulated right now. And it feels like a little bit of grab ass. It just doesn't make (laughs) a lot of sense. Um, they're just kind of making things up as they go. This just, again, it comes back to it doesn't seem like there's a plan. I mean, the plan at the beginning of the season, we are going to compete this year, but we're going to evaluate what Desmond Ritter can do. And he's showing some positives, but turning the ball over, probably something that should normalize some. Nope. He's benched. removing moving on from Taylor Heineke. Alarm bells. That's when you're like, oh, are we on DEFCON? Whatever. Three, four. Is this panic here? That's not a move that somebody who is super secure with their position I believe makes and people can smell that uh, yeah. when there's that little bit of desperation in there. Now, sometimes it can lead to good things, uh, but obviously against the Vikings this week, not so good uh, out here. So Teo Heineke did not play well in this game. Uh, obviously there were some good plays in terms of the aggressiveness uh, down the field, but again, the EPA just for perspective, uh, the, Comparison, uh, EPA per play, Jaren Hall was at .35, uh, Josh Dobbs .12. You got Tyler Heineke with negative .03, not good. Uh, his average depth of target was high, chucking the ball, but just not efficient by any means. Uh, QBR of uh, 43.6, uh, just not good enough uh, from Taylor Heineke. It was obvious that this is a backup-level quarterback, and I know he didn't have Drake London out there and whatnot, and for whatever God knows reason, you have all these you know weapons you spent on, but we're going to spam Tyler Aguirre, who I love still, um, but we're going to spam him. We're going to spam Johnny Smith uh, over and over again. Van Jefferson. Van Jefferson. I mean, I I don't get it. I get it throwing open to the, to the open guy, but at some point, especially against a Minnesota defense, it has not been very good. You got to figure out how to scheme open your stars, your guys we who make a difference. We didn't
0: have the matchups we liked, so we're not trying to play fantasy football. We're trying to win games. You draft a guy 6'6 with an 84-inch wingspan, because he's matchup proof Mm -hmm. and if he's not then you just missed and it was a bad draft pick which again I've said OJ Howard vibes is what I'm getting on Kyle Pitts right now who is one of the most physically gifted pass catching tight ends I've ever seen but he can't play tight end he doesn't block a lick Uh, Kyle Pitts has not played but maybe 25% of his snaps in Atlanta as an actual tight end and can he get open on the outside? Well, you can throw him open. He's huge. You know, figure figure it out. Figure out a way to use this. Um, I mean, I look at a guy, I think he should end up being someone like Plaxico Burris. you remember Plaxico Burris? Mm-hmm. He was huge. Huge. But I don't know if Kyle Pitts can be that guy, can can be a, a player like that. And he certainly isn't playing like a tight end right now. Edward Brown comes in with the super chat. Thank you, my friend. He says, how many times a season have we been first in goal and come away with three points? I would love to see Cordero Patterson with his running style get at least a carry near the goal line. And Nick, that fateful first and goal that came into uh, three points after that Lorenzo Carter return fumble, Arthur Smith is rightfully getting plenty of shtick about that one, but more about Kyle Pitts, but he's getting it about Bijan Robinson, which I don't actually have a problem with. Tyler Algier is probably a better short yardage back than Bajan Robinson in a a goal line set type of thing. I'm okay with that. I remember I grew up with Barry Sanders. Barry Sanders would get the ball down to the five, and then they had a specialist that would come in and score all the freaking short yardage touchdowns. I'm okay with Tyler Algier's a beast. I'm okay with him there. But again, where's why is Johnny Smith your go to guy (laughs) down inside the five? And Johnny Smith's a good player. Don't get me wrong. He made a he had a big contract from the Patriots for a reason. Yeah. But and that, we can
1: do better. Yeah. I guess the big thing with uh, Bijan Robinson is that he's been such a good pass catching back out of those little swing passes and flats that you have mobility on your offensive line. You have size and you like to run tight end sets out there. Where's the creativity to get the ball quickly to Bijan Robinson in space? You know, move. The, the line of scrimmage, so to speak, laterally, just to get a numbers advantage. I mean, I, I agree with you. You know me. I'm a huge Tyler Alger fan, but he's not the talent that Bijan Robinson is, and you need to figure out where well, the red zone offense is not good enough right now. You need to figure out ways to get ball, ball, the ball in playmakers' hands. doesn't have to go past the goal line, but give him a chance to do something after the catch. I mean, that's one of the things that made Bijan special, and you're struggling in the red zone right now. It seems like an obvious potential
0: solution, and we just haven't seen it. Here's here's the other part of it. I always have, it, it takes a game like this yesterday to just fully expose how ridiculous these coaches sound when they act like they're trading nuclear secrets, like they're doing rocket science. And then you get Josh Dobbs off the plane, who's never even been on the field with the wide receivers, and they go out and win a football game. It's not overly complicated. When I'm running jet sweeps to John Smith to the left side of my line, I'm trying to be smarter than everybody else in a game that is not about smarts. It's about I'm bigger and faster than you. Don't get me wrong. I'm I'm over-exaggerating. I know. But when I'm running a jet sweep with John Smith to the left side of my line, who's over on the left side of that line, Nick? Linebacker? Well, I mean, for the Falcons. Oh, Pitts? The Pitts, Jake Matthews and a rookie.
1: Okay, you're talking about the – okay, yeah, 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 on the offensive line. And, and,
0: yes. a, and a rookie on the offensive yep. line. Bergeron, I'm running yep. that side. I'm running left. When I'm running left, I've got my rookie over there. I've got Jake Matthews over there. And they kept going left. And you know who else was over there? Daniil Hunter. Daniel Hunter was over there. Mm-hmm. They're overloading the other side. Okay, well, we don't run to an overload. Why not? I got Chris Lindstrom and Caleb McGarry in short yardage situations over there with a running back that is a bowling ball. Mm-hmm. man up. This is the identity of your team that I can go and get these yards when I need to get them. You did it in the fourth quarter when you said, man, to hell with this. We can't throw the ball for nothing. We're going to get behind you know, two, t- two tight end sets, and we're just going to run the ball with Tyler Algier, and we're going to go score a touchdown. And they did. That's your identity. You get down there and just trying to be cute. It's unbelievably frustrating to Atlanta Falcons fans to watch somebody think that they're smarter than everybody else and just fail over and over again. And then be smug about it. Yeah. Be smug about it, which isn't, hasn't gotten Arthur Smith any favors in his three years uh, in Atlanta. And and he'll be on a shorter leash with the, with a really a pretty nice, a soft Atlanta media. They're, they're not hostile at all. They're pretty nice out yeah. there. Now, those not in the room asking questions are starting to get pretty ugly. You to listen to talk radio right now? You listen to this. This is firing brimstone for me. I'm pretty level-headed, Nick.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and it's not. Uh, this was not good enough, and I would typically, you know me, press the brakes a little bit, uh, maybe pump them, uh, if you will, and uh, you got the Cardinals coming up next week. They're probably the worst team in football, and then you got a bye week. It's one reason that it didn't make sense for me to do that uh, Taylor Heineke move Right now, I know that Desmond Ritter has can't keep fumbling the ball, but uh it seemed like it should be fluky over a large enough sample size of game, something that could be correctable. So now what do you do? Can you go back to uh Desmond Ritter now? I mean, like it's you never shut that door. Yeah, but Nick. it's so hard to do that in the locker room and just like the confidence of the guy now. It feels like he's already playing up tight, and now you you know yanked it from under him. Oh, it was an injury thing. Okay, Uh, but uh, Anthony <laughs> Evans coming in saying, Man, what a loss that Bajan fumble sucked. I can't believe Josh Dobbs beat us like that. Nate Landeman missed a tackle, walked in the end zone, crushed still, man. Yeah, it's tough. Uh, Luckily again, you got the Cardinals next week and a bye week So there's still time to get things uh, together, but you know, this, uh, you really could have taken control of your own destiny and been the team that you want to beating. We, and we talked about it, you know, weeks ago, Scott, the Titans and the Vikings, especially once cousins was out. I mean, you should be sitting there at least, you know, one win above 500. If not, what would it be? Three. If you flip those ones, I I don't even know, but, uh, it's a definitely feels like a missed opportunity for the team, and I don't want to leave them off the hook either on this one. Probably the most disappointed I've been in the Falcons' defense uh, this season. I've, we can talk about you know, the red zone stuff and only getting field goals and whatnot, but really, you were only one for two in the red zone. You weren't down there, uh, but the defense letting the Vikings' offense in the red zone six times in this game, giving up a touchdown to end the first half. Like it was, an, I mean, you you have a chance to really step on the throat there. They marched down the field, score a touchdown. On that, And then giving up a touchdown as the, you know, pretty much the clock expires uh, there at the end, you know, not really flexing at that moment, not getting after it when you really need to. So I, I think the Arthur Smith deserves a lot of blame and he's the head coach, so he gets blamed for the defense, right. too. But I feel like we're in the scope of the offense a lot and the
0: defense in this one specifically left me down. Let me down. And part of it, I think, with the offense is, like you said, the, the you had the ability to step on their throats and put this game way out of reach. And and you didn't because you're getting cute in the red zone and you're making mistakes, you know, penalties, fumbles, bad play calling, you know, cha cha cha. You know, it's take your pick. We got a, a Yahtzee here of, of of things that are going bad. And it's not the thing is though, it's not getting better, it's no. not improving. They scored what the most points they've scored all season, I think, pretty close with the 28. Or, or was that as much as they've scored all year on That's offense? Close. I think it is, but did it feel like it? Nope. The Vikings played about as poorly for three quarters as a team could play. They were horrendous. And I'm not blaming the Vikings. That the Vikings defense was keeping them in it was is a testament to how hard the Vikings were playing and the ineptitude of the Atlanta Falcons. Josh Dobbs, you know, the, the, the red zone stops, the turnovers, the game was there for the taking. Mm-hmm. And it looked like. Atlanta was ready to flex and take over and then Bajon Robinson comes with a fumble. Well, good teams overcome that Taylor Heineke throws an interception, you know? Okay. And I agree with you and and, and Nick, it, it, the defense showed up what we've been harping on for three years, at least, you know, since you and I have known each other when they're sending four, when they're sending five, they cannot get to the quarterback. They just flat out cannot get to them. And, a professional quarterback should be able to pick you over, should be able to pick you apart if you if you give him time. Even a journeyman. Josh Dobbs has played a lot of football at a high level. He's gonna pick you apart if you cannot get to the quarterback. That's where we said, even when things are going really well, why this team has a, a, a ceiling isn't as high as we'd like it to be, because the defense is not smoke and mirrors right now, but a good quarterback is gonna pick this team apart in in two minute drills.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's just just to kind of te- check the temperature of the Vikings, too. I mean, they're without Kirk Cousins. Jeron Hall plays six, eight snaps, and then you bring in Josh Dobbs. They're without Justin Jefferson. They're without Christian Derrissaw. I mean, this was a Vikings team that had Cam Akers goes down in this game. I mean, this, this is a team that's scraps and pieces uh, right now on the Vikings, and you give up 31 points. Now, some of it, you know, turnovers and whatnot in the offense, not getting it done, too, but 31 points to a very – tough vikings team when points per uh points scored per game right now are like at a 25 year low in the nfl teams aren't averaging over i think it's like 21 points a game right now or something so 31 from this falcons team with the amount of the injuries the vikings have out there i mean we defense has been pretty good so far this year
0: for atlanta but they should be getting some uh some gruff for this one yeah without a doubt and then some of it's scheming and some of it's just tackling i mean Mm -hmm. there was a play i think on their on their final drive and I, don't, I don't remember who had him i'm like oh that's it they got him nope they didn't and i was like that's it that's ball game the, the sack this one's over and they didn't get him and then they went down and they scored the touchdown it was like the the defense and, and that's the thing we're, we're talking about year three we're talking about a ton of money put into the defense and <clears throat> the two biggest glaring issues still haven't been addressed in three years, if you said, what are the the two biggest, what's the biggest problem on offense for this team in the last? And, the, and good morning, Mark Schrader wanted to say hello. Hope you're doing well. Um, In the three years that Arthur Smith has been here on offense, what's the biggest question, Mark? What's the biggest concern? I mean, it's quarterback play. Quarterback, quarterback. Yeah, <laughs> on defense, what's the biggest Achilles heel? What is the biggest weakness of this team for the Atlanta Falcons on the defensive side of the ball?
1: pass rush Get pass it. rush
0: yeah. we're in year three and we're not any closer to fixing those problems that is a problem that's yeah. a problem that's when you start thinking okay I need to make a change I'm going into year four and I still don't have a freaking clue what I'm gonna do a quarterback that's a problem yeah that's a problem that loses people's jobs
1: yeah that's probably one of the reasons you didn't see the Falcons you know be super aggressive in the trade market because you are kind of trying to play both sides here with being uh, competitive and trying to go after it this season, while also keeping your assets to be aggressive in the quarterback market. Sure. Should a uh, good quarterback come available. Um, and I know that Gabriel says the, the last comment they got Van Jefferson, you gave up like a six round pick or something for van Jefferson. That's not going out there and, you know, aggressively pursuing a chase young Montez, Montez sweat, Etc. Etc. So maybe in hindsight, that'll be a good move uh, in the end when you go out there and get a quarterback. Because well, it's good to get difference makers at edge, whatnot. Doesn't really matter if you don't have the uh, the quarterback. Rusty Moore coming in five dollars. Rusty Moore Jr. Rusty Moore is his father. Uh, it says Terry drafted the wrong position. Arthur sucks. Still don't have a quarterback go- after going into the end of year three. Fire Arthur. Hire a real head coach and draft a quarterback. Depressing. It's uh, going to be a weird situation for the Falcons because. We have still a ways to go and we'll see how it plays out, but it does seem like it's a two quarterback class at the top. After that, it's a little bit of shrug your shoulders. We'll see. Uh, And I do not believe you are near position to go up and get one of those guys without totally uh, wrecking your draft picks for years to come uh, as well. So it's in a weird spot. I think you're more likely to go out there and get a Kirk cousins uh, than you are probably to go out and trade, trade up for one of the top two quarterbacks in this class.
0: Nick milk Mel Kuyper has there's a column on ESPN Plus today. Mel Kuyper has, you know, the question who who needs a quarterback? And you know, Kuyper starts off with the Falcons. I think he's a little higher on some of these guys based on what um, I'm reading here. And I'll just read this real quick. I hate reading the whole thing. Um, no. but uh ESPN Plus, uh, he says um a deep quarterback class. Shore Sanders is my third ranked passer. And then he says NFL teams also like Bo Nix and Michael Penix Jr., J.J. McCarthy, and Jaden and Daniels as potential first-rounders, um, including which guys, you know, who, who are those guys actually become available. So he just mentioned, you know, seven quarterbacks that could I think a lot of them are... be first-rounders in there. And and the Falcons should be in on one of those guys, it, talking Caleb Williams and, and Drake May as, as one and two, obviously. Yeah, we'll see who comes out or not. It sounds like Sanders
1: is going to return. Sounds like it's 50, 50 for JJ McCarthy. And he got a lot of those super duper seniors um, that you listed there with Penix, who's going to be 25 or 26. Um, Bo Nix is 24, 25. And uh, Jaden Daniels, who uh, has been great this season, but kind of a, like a Desmond super sa- or a super saiyan Desmond Ritter because of the really weird frame. So I think it's a class that has a lot of depth in terms of the day two uh, grades, at quarterback, but as far as, you know, going out there and getting a first round caliber quarterback in this class, it seems like it's a, there's a pretty obvious drop, but we still have, you know, games to go with a tape to uh, see at this point last year, and you were talking about CJ Stroud being, you know, maybe a mid first round quarterback because of some of the stuff they were doing simplifying or like, you know, not really having to go super saying on teams. And then we see CJ Stroud Stroud make
0: the freaking pro bowl this year.
1: Oh my God. And then he makes the play, uh, the, but they make college football playoffs and it's like, Oh, this is what it looks like when Ohio state actually has to go out there and try to, you know, create. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's uh, we'll, we will see at that, but it's a, it's a weird situation for Atlanta because you four and five, you know, that you're in mid-class, you know, midland there. What is the Falcons pick right now? Probably around 18 or something. I mean, be be, what
0: They've been used to, I mean, th- that seven and 10 is back on the table for this team at best, which is what? Eight. We're familiar with that one. Eight, yeah, eight, eight. Yeah. eight, 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 eight. Let's take which- a receiver.
1: You're sitting there with the 12th pick right now, but you have four wins and as does the 16th team. So that can flip in a hurry. I mean, there's a lot of bad teams uh, right now. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I see that we got a comment from Rashard Clark's coming in saying, go get ju- Justin Fields. It'll be, that's certainly a possibility also, although that's kind of another shrug kind of situation with the Falcons. But what do you get there with Justin Fields? But yeah, they're definitely going to be on the market.
0: You get potential. Yeah, You know, you feel, and again, I don't know, with Arthur Blank in charge, my guess is Arthur Smith is around next year, unless this seven and 10 turns into six and 11 or worse. Mm -hmm. Justin Fields in this offense would be really interesting. Simplify it. Let him run. Um, Can you throw it to John? I know that the Atlanta Falcons fans are done with with Arthur Smith. Now follow me along this line of thinking, Nick, because I put this out on the old Twix machine last night. What's it going to take for a team in the teens to get the number two pick? What do you, what do you think it's going to take in a teams? Yeah. Let's say I've got the 12th pick. I'm sitting there at 12. What's it going to take for me to move up to number two?
1: Similar to what the 49ers gave up for uh Trey Lance, if not maybe okay. a little bit more, because so my number is 12,
0: old. my number 25 first round pick. And then what about, I mean, my, my 2025 first round pick.
1: I think they gave up 2020s. They gave up the next year's first round pick too.
0: They gave up three first round picks to move up. So yeah. they, they did. They gave up. They gave up. They gave up 2021. They gave up 2021, 2022, and 2023.
1: And then I think they gave up a second or third as well.
0: Oh, really? They, I don't think they gave. Either way. Yeah. It's going to take at least three first round picks. Would two first round picks and Kyle Pitts get somebody to open to pick up the phone?
1: Probably still need more um than that uh, f- given what we've seen from Kyle Pitts, he's already had the injury. You'd only have to have two years of control. You'd have to make a decision on that fifth year option as well, which right now is not a benefit to him because he plays the tight end spot on paper. <laughs> so that's something that uh, I think it would make me at least interested. If I was a
0: team up there, but it's going to take more than that. If, uh, because everything's going to be based on what I put out there yesterday, I'm like, I'm like 2024 first round, 2025 first round, and Kyle Pitts for the number two overall. Who says no? Frankly, the team sitting at number two might say no. Yeah. If anybody was going to say it, no, it'd probably be them. They would probably get a better offer than that right now because, and again, Kyle Pitts is super young, but. That goes into the questions I had of drafting him to begin with. And Richard Clark, I'm way on record for a long time, a lot of times saying the Falcons should have taken Justin Fields with that pick. Trade down was my number one. They, they, they needed so many players. I wanted to trade down, but if they were going to stay there, I wanted them to take the quarterback because quarterbacks are expensive and they are hard to come by. Take your shot when you've got the shot. And that was on Justin Fields. But Kyle Pitts, you've burned through three years of his contract and you haven't gotten anything. Mm-hmm. That's the, and you still, you're now you're going into year four and you still don't know what the hell you're doing at quarterback. Mm. And you might be having a change at head coach. Mm. That's why it didn't make any sense for me to take a luxury pick like a pass catcher back then. Maybe now at least you could spin him into another first rounder, maybe, maybe, maybe a late first rounder, and you could at least get a return on that and invest it in the future because you may have missed your window on Kyle Pitts by the time this team gets its act together.
1: He's still extremely young. You missed the cost-controlled window, but like he should be somebody who. Well, that's for I me. Mean. You've got only got yeah.
0: five years of him, and he might leave. He could. He could go as a free agent.
1: He could. He definitely could. I uh, just to clarify, just for corrections on this, um, it was three first-round picks and a third okay. um, to go. So twelve overall, twenty twenty-two first to twenty twenty-three first, and a twenty twenty-one third-round pick to move up from twelve to three. And
0: um, oh, it was twelve. Oh, lucky guess. That was just coincidence. Yeah. Um, and frankly, Trey Lance is nowhere near the quarterback prospects that Caleb Mays and Drake May- Caleb Williams and Drake May are. Um, yes. So it, it probably going to cost you more. Rusty came in back to back. Thank you, my friend. He says also no desire for this team to make the playoffs if the only reason is because the division is trash. Losing to Dallas by forty in the in the wild card on TV is not it. And we said this a lot last year, y'all. You know as. This team, you know, why not get Desmond Ritter some time? This team's not going anywhere. Oh, they're within a game of the playoffs, man. That's what the NFL wants you to think. Everybody's within a game of the playoffs. That doesn't mean you're any freaking good. This team's actually, God, if I'm not mistaken, standings. If I, they're either one game out or they're actually still in it at four and five. That's how bad. They're one spot out based on the tiebreaker because the Washington Commanders beat them with Sam Howell at home. And four and five has you in the playoffs. Oh, we're in the playoffs. I don't care. This team stinks. Making the playoffs isn't just, you know, we're not talking about some team from nowhere you've ever heard of making the big dance and is going to get their first time at national television at the at the NCAA tournament. That's exciting. Eking into the playoffs at eight and nine and getting your brains beat in because you don't really belong there in the first place. It's not exciting. Rusty, I'm with you. I'd rather, I'd rather them be realistic, get reps for your young players and build towards a future. Find out again, God, this is deja vu. Find out what you've got in Desmond Ritter. Make a firm decision on what you need to do in the offseason and, and get moving, including your head coach, including your head coach, Nick.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's. It's a tough situation, but the season's not over yet. I know in this microcosm, you know, coming off this Minnesota game, it definitely is frustrating, um, but you still have a chance. Everything that you want is still in front of you. Uh, you have a bad Cardinals game coming up, and then you have a chance to go on a run and beat some very winnable teams. So Falcons team is definitely underachieving, uh, and Arthur Smith is going to be uh, definitely on the hot seat going forward uh, with with considering the expectation, and everybody can see just how, easy the teams they are playing are so they should be better than this so it's there should be no excuse for him but i do think that overall probably back next season still and you have times to figure things out so you know just coming from the broncos perspective here right we're sitting there at one and five and we're talking about tanking and getting the number one overall pick with caleb williams and now you win two in a row and it's like oh my gosh what can we do to make the playoffs that's the nfl that's what's so funny you're in you're out you're in you're out so you know not too high not too low uh you still have the overall sample size of Arthur Smith before this season, which looked good considering the weapons, uh, but the ice is growing very thin. The scene is, seat is getting hot. They need to damn well figure it out.
0: And I'll say this: if they go to Arizona and lose that game, going into a bye week, uh, use that bye week to reset your coaching staff, uh, even the just, defensive side. There's no excuse. Oh, I mean, I'm I'm saying it. The head coach. Yeah. I, I would be. I would probably say interim. I'd probably say Ryan Nielsen interim head coach. Um, and let Dave Ragone take over offensive duties and, and do something like that. But I, I would absolutely consider that. Uh, I would advocate for that if they go in and lose to Arizona Cardinals going into the bye week. You want to the bye week at five and five? We're having different discussions, maybe, but the Saints are playing better than the Falcons right now. I mean, who isn't playing better than the Falcons right now other than, like, the Cardinals? Um, but, the you, you know, you look at the rest of the schedule. <laughs> you've got two games left, the Saints. That looks like 0-2 at jets are playing pretty well right now um panthers at panthers colts colts just won again last night at bears is no gimme you know again seven and ten is on the table and i agree with dave here you you can't draft a young quarterback and hand them to to arthur smith i don't think you can yeah i mean if you're gonna if you're gonna if you're gonna go quarterback if you're gonna go all in on getting a quarterback you better start over start fresh
1: Yeah, uh, you guys can trade for Russell Wilson. (laughs) Greg Elrod, Smith has lost fans, Has he lost the team too. Don't think he's lost the team yet, but uh, this wish-washing of the quarterback with uh, Ritter and Heineke, and again, maybe Scott, maybe neither of them were ever the guy. That was something we talked about a lot this offseason. What does it even look like if neither of them are the guy you're struggling to be about 500? I mean, that's kind of where you're at right now. That's one reason. I I guess before we get on out of here, do you think there's any chance in heck they – go back to Desmond Ritter for this, uh, for this Cardinals game. Do you think do. it's going to happen?
0: I think they go back to Desmond Ritter. Man. I think that's... they can do that. I think they can do that. Uh, I know in the off season, I said, as soon as you bench, he may not take another snap for the Atlanta Falcons again, but they've put enough hedging in there with the injury and all this kind of stuff. And the maybe, and just for this week, let's give it a shot. Maybe we just need to set him down and reset, you know, get out of your head. We, we talk about that all the time, Nick. You know, in other sports, you do that all the time. You know, if you got a striker that's out of form. We'll sit him down. I got a, I got a, uh, a my, my number four hitters in a slump. Take a day off. You get 162 games. So it's hard to do that with 17. There's just such a stigma about being QB one. And if you get benched, oh my God, you know, a week off might be good for you. And there's, I think there honestly should be more of that in, in the NFL where, where you have more rotation. Mm -hmm. but we'll see uh we'll see greg uh this is a great question he has lost the fans uh my friend that i text with during games all the time he might be watching we got over we got a lot of people watching today welcome appreciate you being here um he says great now the team's basically given up too uh you just tell the body language on the defense especially that i was like i don't know and that was one of the things that i always liked best about arthur smith is this team plays hard? They've always played hard for him. That's a that's not easy to come by, y'all. That's one of the big things in his favor. And if you lose that, that's your number one uh trait. It was like, what, what what tell me about Arthur Smith? Why do you like him as coach? Man, the team plays hard for him. You know, I grew up with Bobby Cox, team always played hard for him. Um, great man manager. If they quit doing that, you've lost the main reason to have Arthur Smith in, in the locker room. Appreciate you, Greg. Um Master Roshi coming in with a super chat. Y'all are killing it today. Can't tell you how much that means to to Nick and I. Thank you very much. Yeah. He says the generational running back. It's eleven carries. The generational tight end has four career touchdowns. Smith thinks he's smarter than everyone else. Um. Yeah. The the, the phrase generational. That's another one of my trigger words too. Um. But I, I get it, Master Roshi. You know, it, again, especially if you're the one that's going out and drafting those guys when everybody else is saying, why are you drafting? That in that spot? Why are you drafting a guy in that spot? And I said at the beginning of this year, if Bijan Robinson doesn't have somewhere around 1,500 yards from scrimmage and 10 touchdowns, it was a wasted pick because you don't take a running back number eight overall unless you're going to use him and use him to that type of effectiveness. And right now, the Falcons ain't. You tell me who couldn't replace Bijan Robinson's numbers right now for the Atlanta Falcons. It wouldn't be hard. You didn't need to use number eight overall. That Jalen Carter pick it's starting to look pretty good, isn't it?
1: It is other than that stupid offsides, but uh, yeah, no, it's uh, that was always the risk with the running back. You know he has to be a special guy if you're taking him that early. and it's again, the career is not totally set for him yet, but you need to figure out creative ways to get him the damn ball. Also, he's got to help himself though. You can't fumble the ball in that situation. Uh, so it's 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 a tough situation uh, for the Falcons, the coaches, and you know the fans. but Got to get Bijan uh, rolling a little bit more and figure out how to just create more explosives. Uh, you spend all these resources on these weapons right now, but the explosives are not happening at a rate that is acceptable. Uh, so hopefully it can get a little bit better here. And you got the Cardinals next week. You got a real chance for a get-up game. The uh, season is not done just yet. So uh, still a lot of things to get excited about. No, hopefully you have still every right
0: in the world to be pissed off thinking it's yes. time for a new coach. I will yep. not argue with you at all. And the Falcons have to go to Arizona and get a win and go five and five into the buy and reset. Mm -hmm. And then you come out and you you beat the Saints twice. You beat the Jets. You do all that stuff. This is still in their hands. It's still, they still control their own destiny. It just figures like right now they're, they're rudderless. They're just, they're, they, they, again, when you go into the season, then we're going to get out of here, Nick. When you go right now and you say, okay, the biggest problems on this team are the same problems they've had for three years. And it, it, there doesn't seem to be a way to get better. The quarterback situation is still in flux, and the pass rush is still non-existent. Yep, those are team killers. Yep, those those are team killers. You you can't be a competitive team if you've got if those are your two biggest concerns. Yeah, and we're, we're just, going into year th- going into year four on this, Nick.
1: It's not enough. It's not good enough. Um, the team right now, I mean, their EPA per playing play rank on offense is 25th so far this season. The success rate is 21st. They're not good enough. They're in the bottom uh 10, 12 in both rush and pass EPA. Uh, just you you can't get it done. And early down, we talked about it. This this game, the early down EPA, 25th in the league. They were constantly third and long. You cannot have that with Taylor Heineke. You just can't.
0: They were they were, I think it was the fourth quarter. They threw up the stat. There's like they were. Like six of nine on third downs or something. It wasn't bad. It was it was decent. Like four, uh, it, was, it wasn't it was bad. That's all I remember. And it said average to go was 9.2. Guys, yeah. what do you have a running game for if you're going to be in third and nine all game? All also, right, if y'all. you're constantly behind the sticks, you lose
1: your, what do we call, throwaway downs, which are the second and two. Well, guess what? We're going to play action and try to take a
0: freaking shot. Yeah, because, that's uh, where I you know, get my
1: explosives. Yeah. Those are you free didn't... plays.
0: Yep. You never so. had it. Y'all, we're going to get out of here. Uh, appreciate you being here. I hope you enjoyed the show. We had a lot of new people watching today. Antonio Langford, thank you for the stars coming on Facebook, my friend. It means a lot to us. A lot of new people watching. If this is your first time, give us a like. Give us a share. Tell a friend. We will be back on Wednesday, and we'll go the full hour and change on Wednesday morning at 9 o'clock on these channels. We may have settled down a little bit by then. Usually doesn't work that way with me, though. I start to get more pissed off as time goes on. I Harry, I'm, I'm an Irishman that carries mean grudges, so... Could be more fire and brimstone on Wednesday, but we'll take a look at the Arizona Cardinals and why that is an absolutely must win if Arthur Smith wants to be the coach of the Atlanta Falcons in 2024. On that note, thanks for being here, everybody. We'll see you on Wednesday. Real shout out real quick to our super superstars because y'all were awesome today. Victor, John, Edward, Rusty on a couple of times, Rashard, Dave, Greg, Master Roshi, and Antonio Langford all coming in with uh, support for the show. Thank y'all so much. It means a ton. It's very humbling that you would do that for us, and we'll see you on Wednesday.